everybody. Welcome to Happy Hump Day Podcast with the STD Project. Today is Wednesday. I am Janelle Marie, founder and executive director, administrator, what have you, of the STD Project. We have a treat for you today, actually, with us in the studio, aka my kitchen, is P. Nickel. Some of you may have read some of his writing recently on the STD project. He's been starting to write for us. P. Nickel is my significant other and uh, we live together and he wanted to come and chat and talk about STDs out loud uh, with me today. So that's pretty exciting. I'm going to ask him some questions, how he feels about living with the girl who runs the STD project and how that feels and uh, we're going to get into that. So yeah, P. Nickel, why don't you say hello to the audience? Hi guys. Um, Alright, so we'll go right into it actually. I'll include his bio, P. Nickel served in the military, he's a full-time student right now, has a bachelor's degree, I should have written that down actually before so I could introduce you the proper way, sorry honey. No, it's okay. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'll include his bio in uh, the link, and then I'll also link to some of his writing so that you can read that promptly hereafter if you're interested. And, yeah, he'll be continuing to write uh, for the STD Project, sharing some of his perspectives. So you can look forward to that. And, actually, our first question, I think we're going to get right into it. I'm curious, hon, what's one of the craziest and or worst things, most extreme things you've heard people say either to me directly or about people who are living with an STD. What's that kind of, the shock value, the things that are like, wow, I can't believe that comes out of people's mouths. Right, right. I think the most shocking thing that I've heard is the notion that as soon as STD gets mentioned, it's automatically labeled or it comes with the connotation of slut or anything like that. Um, oh yeah, didn't you know that's part and partial? Yeah, right. <clears throat> um, my view with it is, you know, we don't even know these people that we're putting this label on or we know very little about their personal lives and uh, it's just not the correct thing to do to go around and just go ahead and put whatever label you want on someone because they do have an STD or you think they have one you may not even know for certain. But, uh, yeah, that's just one of the biggest things that I've seen and noticed throughout the years of, you know, hearing about STDs, not just, you know, living with someone who has one, but just previous to that and everything. Um, it's just kind of a shock when you hear people talk about it and talk about other people and, you know, degrade other people. And I want to say, like, you have sex too, don't you? And, you know, <laughs> it, could, it could happen to anyone. So. Right. Somehow it's never going to happen to them. I believe that too. I mean, of course... I understand where that can come from because I was of that mindset that oh, it only happens to certain people and I was never going to contract an STD. I was on birth control, so I was being safe, right? And, right. Um, birth control meaning, meaning birth control pills, not uh, contraceptives in the form of condoms and barriers. So, yeah. I'm, and what's funny about that, too, is I think, and you've understood this even more so, the more we sit and chat sit and chat about it in depth that people can contract an STD or an STI as soon as they engage in any kind of sexual activity. So, and you've seen that there are a lot of people that come on the website and interview and who have contracted an STI 
via oral sex and or they've contracted an STD after their first or second sexual encounter with someone they were in a committed monogamous relationship with and certainly weren't being typically understood as promiscuous, you know? So it's, and when I think people start to realize how many people have STDs and that there are 30 or so STDs out there, most people are only aware of like four or five of them or conscientious of them and that they're so they're quite easily contracted really when you start to understand how the transmission what they all do and that most people some of them aren't even tested for so people have stds and transmit and contract stds and they can't even be tested for so you can never be 100 percent clean quote unquote of stds and then that starts to change you know your perception i think changes how you look at it and everything and just how common they really are so right right which goes into my next question which is how have your views changed since meeting me and learning about stds since dating someone with an std genital herpes in my case and i previously had hpv and scabies um, and vaginitis uh in years past and my thought on that too is have you always had this really nice approach that not everyone with an std is a slut or a whore or has that evolved since you've been with me explain a little bit of that to our readers fair enough uh my views since meeting you and being with you about stds changed dramatically uh i was never one of the people who really like put that label on people about slut and promiscuous and yada 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 so forth and so forth but uh it did definitely open my eyes being with you to uh, just learning more about STDs as well as it helped break down my own stigma about people with STDs and it also helped me see that there are so many STDs out there and they are so prevalent in society today that we really need to step back and just take an overall fresh approach I think viewing it and you know it's not something to uh cast people aside for if you will it's no worse than the common flu or the common cold as far as statistics go and uh you know it just happens to be that this is spread sexually and because sex is a bad thing you know quote unquote uh so far as what we're taught that uh it's really not that big of a deal you know through proper management and just proper precautions and everything uh We've been able to have a great, you know, healthy, happy sexual relationship without, you know, me contracting herpes, and it's just been an all-around good experience. Um, it's nothing, I mean, realistically, there's nothing out of the ordinary, you know, besides the fact you're awesome from, uh, from you know, dating someone without an STD, really, so I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true, and that's the thing, I mean, you have a really, I liked a couple of different things you said, one, that we have to take a fresh perspective, I really think that there's a lot of that antiquated kind of education out there in terms of abstinence-only education, as well as, it used to be that we learned about STDs, and it was in terms of a scary, you show, we're showing horrible pictures, scare tactics, right, which we're supposed to fear you into either being safer or not whatever. Not having sex. But and that's I, just not going to happen. No, and I think because it's so extreme, it makes people think, well, that doesn't happen to a lot of people. I know all sorts of people who have lots of sex and their vaginas don't look like hamburger meat or something atrocious, you Beef know? curtains, as I like to call them. Beef curtains, you know? I mean, these are things that people say and 
And that's why people start to believe these really strange things about people with an STD. And like you said, too, once you learn how to manage it or treat it, if you have, it can be something no more than a common cold. Sure, you don't want the cold or the flu either, so you want to take precautions to be as safe as possible, but nothing that you ever do is ever going to be 100% safe. I think right. we've gone into this knowing that you have to, that sex is not 100% safe there's no matter an inherent, what you do. There's an inherent risk regardless of what you do. Right. You know, so. And then once you take that, and if something does occur, if it's treatable and curable, that's phenomenal, then take care of it and be responsible, take care of it right away because most STDs don't have any symptoms. So oftentimes they go untreated and unchecked and that's when larger complications happen. So be tested and be conscientious of that. And then from there, if you have something that's long-term like I do, it is very manageable. Oftentimes it's not the end of the world and it's not even physically a huge hindrance on anything. Sure, we don't have sex when I have a herpes outbreak because it's also uncomfortable for me. Um, but then from there, it's not a huge, a huge issue between us. There's still a risk, of course, naturally, and it's a larger risk than if I didn't have a, a sexually transmitted disease. But other than that, we're conscientious of that. You know, I think that that's helpful, and you have a good approach. And not everybody, although I want to make clear too, not everyone is going to be as comfortable as P. Nickel is with this, as my honey is, and and it depends on how you feel about the individual and where you're at in your relationship, whether you're comfortable and willing to take a risk like that. And if not, that's also understandable and okay. It's then your body. Well, right. And then don't start fooling around and taking risks that you're not willing to then, I think, address and face and take responsibility for. Right. Is really what it is. So, okay, cool. Um, I have another question. Oh, okay. If you could tell, if you could tell everything one thing about me and my herpes and living with someone who has an STD overall, what would that be? We've got the cat chiming in in the background. <laughs> She's got opinions apparently too. So one thing, if I had to say overall about herpes, living with an STD, I would say it's not as big of a deal as you originally were taught it was what we were taught basically in our sex education classes so is true that this is a big deal why don't well don't get me wrong you know stds are no laughing matter and they're no nothing to joke around about it's also not the end of the world your penis your vagina is not going to fall off or close up because <laughs> you got herpes right um it's not the end of the world and through proper health care and treatment and everything like that you can just you can have a perfectly happy fulfilling life whether it's personally sexually financially whatever your goals and dreams may be you could still aspire to reach those regardless of the fact that you contracted herpes it's not you don't have to let it define your life find something else that defines you and defines your life something positive and great you don't totally. have to let herpes control you like that Totally. You don't have to be a pariah and an outcast exactly. just because of this. I mean, there are so many other reasons why you could be an outcast. And exactly, exactly. Geez, of all the things, this certainly shouldn't be, you know, a large one. And I think, too, you've seen this a lot because you see the back end and you see me replying to people every day. I receive comments and I receive emails and personal emails and it's really phenomenal. Sometimes it breaks your heart, but it's just as enlightening and um, it's also motivating for me to continue doing this work. And so I think when 
especially because you see that back end so much, I think you understand that there are so many people out there just needing someone to be able to chat with and share that experience with because as soon as you were, um, we're going to talk about this a little more in depth next week, but as soon as you start talking about it and sharing that experience and however in whatever manner it might be, that helps because you realize you're not alone and you yeah, find it's other part of the healing process as well. Right. You know, everybody needs to go through their own type of healing process and reconciliation for, you know, from getting an STD and stuff like that. They feel horrible about it. And right. So forth. And I just want to say it's okay. You know, I mean, those feelings that you're having are, they're natural. They're, they are natural. You know, they're what people go through in the natural progression of, you know, getting over things and, just want to tell you that there is light at the end of the tunnel you know happy days do await so fear not that's awesome that's great hun so okay last question so uh we're getting close to our time what do you see as the biggest challenge in breaking the stigma my biggest challenge kind of with the website that you watch me undertake every day and overall as a trying to create this large paradigm shift that i'm working on here what do you think is our biggest challenge in, in making that happen? I think our biggest challenge in making that happen today is educating the adults who are teaching the youth and who are the ones out there teaching, you know, kids about this type of thing and sexually transmitted diseases and so forth because so many of them are still along that train of thinking of, you know, 1950s, 1960s trains of thought where it's no sex before marriage, you know, you have sex with your wife and that's it. And <laughs> which is good too. And which is which is good. I you know, I'm all for that train of thought, but let's be real here. I mean Just we're all reality. yeah, we're all attracted to people, you know, to other people and you know, a lot of times that attraction evolves into something physical and that's fine too. That's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. But when we do it, we need to be careful about it and talk about it and just be overall, you know, open-minded and careful about the whole aspect of it. Whereas, you know, the generation before us who is now in charge of teaching is still along some of that train of thought of sex is bad. and They just, they're not teaching you the entire story and telling you the entire story that, yes, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world if you contract one of these things. And it's okay. Right. Like, there are places out there that help. There are drugs out there that help. And your life isn't over. Your life isn't over. There are a lot of doctors, too. I get so many messages about this that a lot of doctors even look at people like family doctors and people who aren't necessarily OBGYN, so they're not dealing with this every day. They're dealing with broken legs and sniffles and measles and stuff like that. They look at people with discern in their eyes and disgust and judgment. And I think that has along those lines, or the reason some of that's happening is they're still from an older education standpoint to where they were educated about it a whole lot differently so they've maintained this kind of view even though they're doctors and they deal with it everyone is we're human naturally so we're going to have our own judgments in our jobs especially jobs as a doctor or if you're a psychologist or you know if you're in one of those kinds of professions right you're supposed to be as um non-judgmental as possible you're supposed to look at everything as objectively as possible you know as much as you can well, and i think doesn't it doesn't time. and that's and that's and it's a shame because you have these people who are finding out that they have this taboo whatever they have you know whether it be mollusk or hiv or anything and then all of a sudden 
they're turning to the one person who first has told them and knows about it, so the only person at that point that knows about it, and then they feel like they can't even talk to that person. Yeah, basically what they get from the doctor is go live in a bubble and enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah, somebody you know? online told me that just the other day, I think I forgot to tell you about this email conversation I had. Um, her doctor, her family doctor, thought that she contracted herpes from a toilet seat. Now, just for the reader's sake, that this is so ridiculous because herpes is a very volatile virus. So as soon as it exits the body and as soon as the temperature change and its environment changes, it immediately starts to degrade. Hepatitis, however, lasts for a much longer time on surfaces, so that's more probable, even though that's not really probable in terms of a toilet seat because hepatitis is bloodborne. We'll talk about some of those things in a myths. We're going to do a myths podcast later on, but anyway, it was just laughable to think that this is what the doctor was right. telling this gal and so she had no idea and of course even with herpes you don't necessarily know where you contracted it from I don't either but still the, the fact that she was getting horrible information from a doctor somebody that you're supposed to trust and hope that they're going to be unbiased and you know to point you in the right direction for resources so well, you got to do some of your own research too you're it's really, true you can't just take it at face value what the doctor says or what your diagnosis is do some research on your own and advocate for yourself yeah, with the web out there now there's plenty of resources at your disposal and there's no reason why you can't educate yourself as well so. yeah totally agree that's a great way let's take that and stop on that note i love that advocate for yourself and if you're already if you're listening to this podcast you're at the std project so you're doing some research so that means you're well on your way well, this has been our Happy Hump Day podcast. It's Wednesday. This is the STD Project. I'm Janelle Marie. This is P. Nickel, who came and was so kind to talk about STDs out loud with us today. Thanks, guys. Hey, stay tuned. Next week, we are going to be talking about why talking about having an STD is freeing, whether you talk about it out loud, whether you share your story, whether you write it down on a piece of paper and throw it away why that is cathartic and is a good way to begin healing and um, I'll kind of relate that to why I talk about it um, in, in my form as well and out loud and to who I talk about it to so stay tuned for that thanks so much for listening guys see you next week <laughs>